Welcome to Two Arabs and a Podcast, a show with no limits. Dating, business, martial arts, self-defense, and the life of two Arabs in America. Arabs in America. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your hosts, the owner of Warrior Academy, the son of an immigrant, international traveler, black rank in Krav Maga, a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and Brazil's national champion, and of course, 2018 self-defense instructor of the year, a bodyguard and military combative instructors, none other than Franz Azar, joined by his co-host, Omar Aswan, the owner of Warrior Tactical Training, Published author, doctor of criminology, world traveler, fluent in four languages, a military combat contractor, and a first-generation immigrant. The show begins now. So welcome to another episode of Two Arabs and a Podcast. I'm your host, Amar Aswad. I'm joined by my co-host, Firas Adab. And today we have a special guest with us uh, that's coming all the way from Israel. Firas, I uh, will give you the pleasure of introducing him since you've known him longer. Yeah, I want to say fortunately and unfortunately. What do we say, Sam? <laughs> yeah, Sam Brilla is a good friend of mine, actually. Uh, by the way, uh, I want to touch base with our audience. We disappeared for how long now? Uh, a couple months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've been off the grid for a bit. We got really busy. Um, I was going through a period of change actually in the academy um, with uh, updating our programs, um, hiring a new instructor when it comes to the jiu-jitsu program. Omar went to, of course, a new episode in his <laughs> life. And Omar, uh, uh, as they would say that in, in the Arab world, he completed half of his religion. <laughs> He's getting married. <laughs> so I don't want to say congratulations or, uh, or rest in peace. We'll see you in a year. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm very fortunate enough to have a friend of mine, uh, Sam. He's all the way here with us. Uh, uh, from uh, Israel, um, I've known Sam Hagat, 2011. So yeah, how I know Sam? I was in England that time with my son, and I was down there uh, in London. Took my son for a first time trip there, and I was training at uh, the KO gym, a uh, very prestigious Muay Thai gym, and they had a big uh, combative seminar going on with BKMF back then, and um, seen a lot of great people. And I got a call back then from my coach uh, Nick Hughes, which she was a guest a few times here about starting the affiliation of Warriors Crab, actually. That's when he talked to me. And then he mentioned, he's like, why don't you get your ass here? When are you going to come back to town? And I said, I will be back in a week or two. Why? He's like, well, divert your weight if you can come down here. I have um, Marcus um, Marcus Wayne. Um, if none of our guests know about him, it'd be good to Google him, and maybe Sam will talk about him later. And he said, uh, on the funny part, he's like, yeah, I got an Israeli here. And I was like, is that a joke? <laughs> He's like, no, you're going to like him. He's uh, an Israeli. I was like, oh, let me guess, Krav Maga. He was like, actually, no. I'm like, what? An Israeli that doesn't do Krav Maga? He's like, no, he knows Krav Maga. He actually trains with us, but he said uh, he's very good at Filipino martial art, the Filipino combat system. I was like, all right, it sounds like a fucking good time or a hell of a nightmare. <laughs> so I go down there, I meet Sam, we had a great time, and unfortunately the third partner that was with us hated the fucking day he ever met us. You got two Middle Easterners uh, with uh, one guy who was an amazing guy, but we just like made him hate him, the shit we did to him. But anyway, um, yeah, so I've been known Sam since then, and uh, he's been coming to our academy and doing a lot of great training. We train together, and uh, I consider him a family member so Sam welcome aboard man thank you thank you so much uh, yeah uh, it's been a pleasure we've been knowing each other for like six, seven eight years now seven eight years now yeah wow. definitely each other. Yeah. by the way see it works Israel's and uh, I don't know what they label us Muslim Arabs and what the hell <laughs> Arabs we didn't, we didn't kill each other we just play pretend in martial arts we're beating each other up <laughs> actually no correction we're beating on Americans <laughs> yeah true that <laughs> So, so Sam, what got you started in Filipino martial arts? Oh, Filipino martial arts. Well, the story goes, I went to school, my undergrad in the U.S. in Indiana, and I did some martial arts there. And then through a place I trained with, which I would not mention the, main, the name of the place or the instructors, I got to meet this great guy named Fred Hunt. Uh, he used to train there, and he would come here and there to uh, save lost souls. And I was one of the souls he was saving. And uh, when I was kicked out of that place, uh, he took oh, me. Sorry to interrupt. When you meet lost souls, like. Oh, 
Oh, so I get it. Okay, yeah. I was uh, okay. That makes yes. sense. Yeah, like all of us when we experience bullshit martial. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to talk about that, yeah. so I don't want to mention anything like that. But anyway, Freud was a great guy. He was actually my first instructor in FMA, and when I was kicked out there, he started training with me privately, mm-hmm. just teaching me FMA, mm-hmm. and then it, very early on, he was just like, you know what? You need to know my instructor, a great, wonderful guy, Jeff Westfall in Indiana. If you train anywhere around Indiana, you're interested in martial arts or Muay Thai or combat submission wrestling, he's an instructor under Paulson oh, as well. Really? Yeah, he's an instructor under Paulson. He's under uh, Danny Nosando. I was going to say, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a Dan Nosando yeah. lineage. Yeah, Danny Nosando, Arjun Chai, Muay Thai, and okay. Eric yeah. Paulson. A lot of that lineage do connect a lot, big time to CSW. Yes. So he's like, you need to know him. And then I started training with uh, Jeff, which was amazing. And uh, he taught me, you know, Santo Cali, and I did Muay Thai with him. I regret till this day, I didn't do, didn't do any CSW with him. But, you know, it is what it is. And that's how I got started. That was back in like 2002, I think, maybe 2003. Finished that, went back home didn't find a, a lot of FMA. FMA is not big anywhere. It's like, it exists, but it's not big. It's like, if you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to find it. Uh, there were a couple of guys I met back home back then. Now there are a few more that uh, were really good guys. One of them is still one of my good friends. They did a different style of FMA. And I, I trained with them for a couple of months. Luckily... During those couple of months, a guy named um, Rico Cortez shows up, and he was a very high-ranking uh, FCS guy. And he just showed up, and uh, he's a Jew, and he came to visit Israel for the first time. And you do FMA, they do FMA, blah, blah, blah. They hooked him up uh, through the grapevine. Luckily, I was there. We touched hands a couple of times, and he was just like, you know what? I'm here in Israel, start training with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure, why not? That's usually how it works. So that's how I got into FCS. And I trained with Rico for a couple of years whenever he comes to visit. That's how I started with FCS. And that's my next big instructor after Jeff. And I trained with him for years. Learned a shitload from him. Great guy. We became really good friends. I love him. And, and then I went to get my graduate degree in Florida and that was four hours from uh, the headquarters of FCS. Mm-hmm. Back then, my instructor, Tuhan Ray, Tuhan is his uh, rank. So Ray Gionaldo, he's the guy that created FCS, and he was about four hours away, and back then, he still lived in Florida. Now he travels all over the world, but back then, uh, he was still around Florida a lot. I trained in Tallahassee, that's where I got my degree in uh, Florida State, with another amazing guy, uh, Mike uh, Jennings. Mike was the chief instructor, high-ranking guy in FCS, and he was in Tallahassee, and I touched hands with him. A year go by, and through life, Mike moves to Colorado. If you're in the Colorado area and you're looking for training, Mike Jennings, FCS, MMA, great guy, great instructor, him and his wife, both of them yeah, are amazing instructors and great some people. Of our listeners are from Colorado. I have a good couple of friends there. That's great. That you Highly know recommended. Filipino or MMA, great mm-hmm. MMA instructor as well. He's got some fighters. They're doing really well there. They got a nice gym. I visited him once a few years ago. Great place to train. So I trained with him. Amazing guy. More than Here's the thing. More than anything else, forget about the martial arts. These are amazing people. I learned more than them through their behavior and their work ethics than I did touching hands with them. Yeah. So a year go by, Mike leaves because of life to Colorado. And then... Um, I get to touch hands with Ray, and Ray offered me essentially to just whenever I have the time, the weekend off or vacation, drive down to where he was at Winter Haven about. That's mm-hmm. like halfway between uh, Tampa and Orlando. It's about four hours drive. So just come train with me. And he was gracious about it. Every time I'll show up, uh, he'll host me at his home, which was amazing. And he'll have me join him on seminars around the area that I can join. And that's, that's how I got, and I, I owe him everything. I mean, 
we, we started off as an instructor and he was definitely my mentor till this day when it comes to martial arts and business and everything. And not that I'm a businessman, but the little bit that I know is definitely comes from him. And I'm, I'm really happy to say that we know each other and we hang out enough that I can call him a friend, not just an instructor. And I'm a great guy. I love hanging out with him. Actually, once I'm done here, I'm visiting Kansas City, you know, for the academy and to hang out with you, Frost. But after that, I'm going to join Ray. And this is the fourth year I'm joining him to do a road trip all throughout the East Coast. And we're yeah, going to do that. That just crazy. training everywhere, which is yeah. amazing. So, yeah, that was the short version of how I got to FMA. Yeah. Um, I got to say, and that's just because Sam is here. Um, everybody knows, um, I mean, Omar is one of my students and friend also, and we we're business partners. But I am very picky about what instructors are bringing to my academy. And to be honest with you, a lot of our crowd maybe not educated in what is uh, <clears throat> FCS is. It's Filipino combat system. We'll get into that. But systems. systems sorry, plural. corrected. Yes, yeah, plural. So um, the reason, like I said, I consider Sam not just a friend and also one of my mentors. And he opened my eyes, especially with knife work. And Sam, I would say it, and I would also let a student here speak, which is Omar. Sam is very methodical. And to get to the point, he's really good about it. Because what I think, in my opinion, and this is my opinion of dabbling in a lot of systems the Filipino martial art I think is not as popular because it's not easy it's it just absolutely I don't think it's an easy thing you're just gonna bounce in to be honest um, but Sam also has the combative background he knows how to get to the point and I will use somebody that uh, Omar you met somewhat since you joined us uh, this twice three times now yeah three four times um, uh, what is your experience times, yeah. with him as his seminars uh, it's always amazing very educational easy mm -hmm. to follow uh, very uh, humble guy that follows gives instructions and gives time and, and is obviously dedicated to the art that he's teaching and very passionate about what he's teaching and, and makes it easy to understand and follow along and, and give it almost an introduction level but also gives a lot of knowledge that you can retain and, and remember not just throws a lot of things that you can't remember yeah like seminars they just like vomit on vomit you vomit a lot of yeah. information or yep. a lot of seminars uh, not at the academy but I've seen seminars where uh -huh. people come to show off their skills yep. uh, say I'm better than you here's so I'm going to show you better than I don't care if you put listen. the fucking red carpet for yeah. me and bow down and yeah. then don't I don't care if you remember anything I just going to tell you how amazing I am and uh, that's not the case here it's it's not a uh, he, Sam is not a guy that does that he's yep. very humble and, and shows around and, and uh, passionate about teaching I'll, I'll give you a couple of notes about that and this goes to my instructors and, and let's start the list from the people I mentioned because th that's what modified me look at the first my main first instructor in Filipino Jeff Westfall I don't mind saying it because I'm not saying it as an insult and he's I heard him say it enough time in public Jeff is a nerd He's a complete, absolute nerd. Jeff writes down notes like no one else. Everything is categorized, cataloged, and just like ridiculously detailed. And he's a brilliant guy. So like the, the organization part of it definitely comes from Jeff, which more than anything else, he was a mentor of mine just for his sheer behavior and work ethics. Forget about, he's a great martial artist. Forget about that. Amazing instructor. Put that aside. Just, he doesn't talk about behavior. He doesn't talk about how you should train. He doesn't talk about how you should do conditioning. He just shows you by example. You just look at him and that's the kind of attitude you, you understand you need to have and you want to have. So the methodical part definitely comes painstakingly from Jeff. Then... Um, you look at my other instructor, Rico, next in line. Rico is one hell of a seminar instructor. Now, Rico is kind of like the opposite. It's a mess. <laughs> it's like it's an absolute mess. He gets an idea. He'll just flow with it. He'll take it anywhere he feels like it. He'll, he'll get a sense of energy and he'll just go about it. You try to ask him about this or that and it's, and it's like he doesn't remember just do this just do that if it's like a form or stuff like that last person in line however through that mess you just learn how to go from one place to the other yeah. it's just a nice flow from one here to there you ask him to teach you a flow he'll show you the flow every time he shows you the flow it'll be different <laughs> 
because he doesn't remember and you give him slightly different energy and he moves with it. So that's another instructor I learned from. Mike, Mike is kind of more like Jeff. I see a lot of Jeff Westfall in Mike in terms of very clear, very methodical. He kind of is like a little bit of like Rico that he couldn't remember the form and stuff like that. So what did he do? We don't have a lot of forms in FCS and most of them are there out of historical reason. But for him, it was important for him to learn it. So guess what? Like the basic form we do, he'll just start every class with it and finish every class with it. And it became a tradition. Why? Because he couldn't remember it. How does he remember it? He does it in the beginning of every class. So that's how you learn it. And he had this methodical way about it to clear out that big mess of not exactly remembering it. However, definitely, and I'm sorry this is long, but this is definitely go to my instructor. This is my chance to, to really pay homage to them. Ray, I mean, Ray Gionaldo, I'm, I'm so fortunate that he, he put, invested the time and effort in, in training me and grooming me, but yeah, when I step on stage more than anyone else is Ray, and I'll, I'll say it, the more I know him, you know what it's like, especially when you spend enough time, I'm yes. talking to Frost, when you spend enough time with an instructor, we're talking about not like a year or two, you know, when you spend enough time with someone like like Nick, so yeah. many years, stuff like that, yes, you become friends because you wouldn't spend that much time mm -hmm. if you don't like each other. But you kind of start, the more you look at them, the more you spend time with them, they become humans. Yes. You meet them, they're on a huge pedestal. They've done all this shit. They got amazing skills, amazing backgrounds. And you just... If you're worshiping them, then you're an idiot. You should not worship your instructor. That's a fan base. Yeah, go watch some porn star or something. Yeah, people uh, mix worship and respect. Yes. Yes. So yeah. you you I give don't respect. I don't worship. You give so much respect. Sometimes you're afraid to approach him as a human being. Mm -hmm. You're afraid to tell a joke. You're afraid to you know go to dinner with him. You spend enough time with became friends. And I'm saying this because. As much as I got luckily to spend time with Ray, the more I know him and the more I feel like his friend, I say at the same time, the more brilliant I see the guy. I know, I mean, I consider myself a pretty good instructor in terms of martial arts. I'm pretty good at it, I believe so, if I don't mind saying so myself, but I know I don't think I will ever get to Ray's level. Not because is I think of always oh, this huge pedestal. It's because martial art wise, and forget about everything else. And he's a great guy, but martial art wise, the man is freaking brilliant. Every question I ever pose to him, and everything he tells me, I'm like, how the fuck does he think that way? You know, how can you think in so all those different arts? the way to combine the arts, the way to create your own, to move it forward. And the more I talk with him, the more I like, yeah, he's a good friend and we hang out and, you know, we're drinking buddies and all that and we will do all those. But just looking at the martial art aspect of it, it's just like, how the fuck does he keep growing? Yeah. He's been doing this for like, I don't know, 40 years now, maybe more. Mm -hmm. He's still growing like crazy. And his mind is absolutely amazing. And it's kind of like I'm scratching my head. It's like, no, that's like skill-wise, yeah, I can learn anything he'll teach me. I haven't seen him do any skill. And I'll, I'll make a comment about that in a second because I think if anyone is a beginning martial artist, this is important. Anything he can do, I know he can teach me or I know I can learn. But the way he thinks, that just beyond just learning it that's that's really brilliant and i want to make that comment like when i started and i had my instructors even in fcs and guys that touch hands with that will say they actually would say this this is how 200 ray does this we don't do it that way why not well only ray he's he's got unnatural skills unnatural you know timing yeah you cannot do this yeah and there were actually technique they will show me and go, well, no, no, only Ray does that. We don't do that. We do it this way until I start training with Ray. And then everything he does, he shows you how 
it's doing, how it's done, how to do it yourself, which is brilliant because when you approach an instructor, and again, if he's an asshole, then you're fucked, find a better instructor. But if, if he knows how to do something, you should be able to do it too. If you got two working hands, two working legs, and a 12-year-old brain, you should be able to learn all the skills. Now, is it gonna take you 20 minutes or five years? I don't know, but you can learn it. I'm cut you off, but uh, that is the way to teach. And Omar is my student, you're my friend. Um, I think I've made my philosophy, especially when it comes to ground, of simplicity. I treat the ground game just like the way you're talking about how when Ray gets to the ball. What I've noticed, and again, here's the thing. There is martial arts, there is self-defense, there is the journey of I wanna be a full-blown martial artist in this certain art, let's say jujitsu for instance. 15 years they say to get a belt, right? And you compete and you fight and that. I've been doing it maybe for 13 years just randomly running around, okay? I could be black belt if I, and somebody's like, no, I'm not a black belt in jujitsu because that's a whole different level of getting when it comes to competition and it's amazing. But I tell you what, when it comes to ground self-defense, myself, I played with the role of open-mindedness. There is something he can do with his size that you can do that he can't, but there is a middle ground in all this. And this is what I get to the point. Like when the people see me when I, like that day on fight night when doing the camp, when I showed them the armbar, like the guy Eric was like, I just never knew you can do this. I was like, because here's the problem. We go in, you gotta put your leg here. You gotta put your hip here. What did I just do? I simplified it. Did the arm snap? Yes, I got to the point. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I don't know, Ray, I haven't met him and I won him one day. I think the man also understand that concept. I think about, did we get to the point of what we're doing? And instead of thinking, because let's be honest, Asan, you're a, 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 a student of martial arts. Both of us are. And we are nerds in a way because we love the martial art without. I literally sometimes watch something in front. I can sit and watch. And with all respect, even my coach will show something. I'm like, why did it take one, two, three, four, five, six, ten? Because I need to do this kick to crack someone's rib. Well, I can take it from one to three and I do the same thing. You see my point? And I think right now, the generation of us, I call it. Um, it's not about being ADD. It's about getting to the point with the crowd. Um, there's a difference when I take a kid, like my son, at the age of five training, and I'm taking the longest route for him because I want him to be in it, then when some 30-some-year-old, 20, is like, I need to know how I'm gonna be defending myself, but I wanna learn this and I wanna enjoy it, too. You, you see the point? And this is where martial arts becomes a problem. I'll give you my point on that. It's um, not being disrespectful to karate, but I think one of the worst mistakes karate have yep. done is that you have to learn everything as yes. you go through the ranks. What do I mean by that? Okay, uh, let's take Omar. You're a big burly guy. Yep. Okay, you move in a certain way. What we, they did in karate and they have the, the katas that, okay, this is how the big men move. And then they'll do the kata, this is a short, fast guy. And everyone has to learn the fast guy kata and then uh, the big burly guy and how he moves. And I think karate made a mistake by that. What I'm, 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 you know, saying as if traditional karate because that's not the point. As as you train in martial arts, if you're a small guy, you need to figure out how you move, yeah. and you should not move like you know. If you're five five, you should not learn how a six two guy move. Not if you want to learn how to fight. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get to the point that if you're doing this for self-defense or combatives, you know how to fight, you know how to move yourself, and you want to become an instructor, now as an instructor, you need to figure out how to teach regardless of how they move and their body type and their body shape. But growing through the ranks, learning how everyone should move, it's a waste of your energy. You should know how you move, what fits you. And again, that's something I love about FCS. There is something we do that is more important than anything else. It's called Carenza. Carenza essentially is 
shadow boxing. Okay, you move with no opponent. It's how you, in Muay Thai, throw punches, kicks, knees, elbows in the air. How a boxer will work his boxing without an opponent, just moving through the room. You can do the shadow boxing, Carenza, no weapons, with weapon, long weapon, short weapon, edge, no edge, etc. We consider that more important than knowing the curriculum or anything else because that's your expression of yes. the art. That's how you move. When we want to know if someone is worth something in FCS, we give him Carenza. Do Carenza. Non-scripted, nothing here, nothing there. This is your way to show what you know and how you move. And that's more important. And yes, if you want to be... And, and by the way, Danny Nosanto does that brilliantly. If you go to Guru Dan's seminar, which amazing martial artist and a human encyclopedia of martial arts, unreal, the knowledge of that individual, just a walking encyclopedia. When you go to his seminar, he'll show you a technique with seven variations. And he'll say, do each variation, you know, once, twice, three times, figure out which one of two works for you and just train that variation. If you're an instructor, you need to know all seven. If you're just trying to go and learn how to do it, you find one way that works for you, maybe two ways that work for you, you just train your ass for that. And it's like everyone is training to become an instructor. No, train to learn how to fight, how to move, how to do your shit, then you can become an instructor. If all you want to do is Korean dance, I'm just kidding, or, or Chinese dance, or yeah. Israeli dance. <laughs> there is an Israeli dance called Krav Maga. If all you want to do is a dance, that's fine. If you want to learn how to fight, you need to figure out what works for you. Now, you want to be an instructor, yeah, now you need to know how other things work. I'll, I'll give you a last example. I can't remember if it was this year or last year. I was in the Philippines. We have a big seminar every year in the Philippines in January. And one of our very good instructor, which, fuck, the guy's a beast. He's like, I don't know, 6'4", big, strong guy, ex-wrestler, you know, lots of various martial art background, highly ranked in, in FCS, but he's big. And he was teaching a section, he was showing me a technique, and I looked at it, and it worked nicely, but then I grabbed it and I gave him a slight modification just because I've been in the game longer than him. He looked at me funny because I'm about, I'm barely scraping 5'7". He's like 6'4", something like that. He's got at least 100 pounds on me on weight. And he looked at me doing the technique on him. He was just like, I never seen anyone your size do that technique. (laughs) It's like, I, I do that. I'm bigger than everyone and we can do this. But I never seen anyone your size do that because of his size. Now, for him as someone who trains martial arts, it works for you, wonderful. But now as an instructor, yeah, you're gonna have a 5'5 girl, maybe this technique is not right for her. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time he looked at it, it was like, holy shit, a small guy can do this with a few modifications. Yes. So that's the difference between being a practitioner and being an instructor. And training everyone to know everything going up the ranks, that's not right. They don't need that. Not everyone should be an instructor. Not everyone should be a black belt or a black shirt. Yep. Sorry. Just because not everyone that goes to high school needs to become a college professor. Okay? They need to know the basics. They need to know what works for them. They need to know everything they need for real life. That doesn't mean they need to become an instructor themselves and you shouldn't groom them to be an instructor when they're going through the door or being in the first year, you know, so. No, but I think you're right, but uh, uh, instructing itself is an art compared to just knowledge of something. Mm-hmm. Just because you speak a language does not make you by default an instructor. I speak Arabic, I can't teach Arabic. Uh, just because I'm not an instructor of Arabic, I know how to speak it, but it just it doesn't mean I can translate that into instruction. And I feel like when it comes to martial art, a lot of times people forget that line and they assume just because somebody's a practitioner, by default they can become an instructor. Or a black belt, that's all it can be an instructor. Man, yeah, that's and, then, and that's how you end up with instructors that have fear of public speaking or instructors who are amazing practitioner but they can't speak in a room of five people and start stuttering and start sweating and they can't teach the skills they have 
but going back, in case our a lot of our listeners are not into martial arts, and, and just to give them an idea, so what makes Filipino martial arts very unique? What is it? Specifically, okay. somebody that doesn't know what it is. Let's start with the broad and narrow it down to FCS. So FMA in general, FMA stands for Filipino Martial Arts. And you have a few names. I'm not going to bore the listeners about it. So Kali, Arnis, Eskrima, Eskrima de, Arnis de Mano, Eskrima de Mano, all various names that say the same thing, FMA. That's one of the reasons we use FMA. Uh, the Philippines, it's about, what, just over 7,000 islands, half of which goes underwater, depends on the time of year. Over 1,000 islands inhibited. I don't know how many dialects they have. So, Kali, Arnis, Eskrima, etc. depends which part of the Philippines you come from. It's it, it the same thing, but different dialects. And they try to say, oh, Kali is this, Arnis is that, Eskrima is that. I'm not Filipino. I'm not claiming to be Filipino. Obviously not. Uh, but pretty much, it, it means the same thing in different places. You know, it's just different dialects. What makes FMA unique is the fact that weapons training is from day one. It's weapon-based art, which means the empty hand, the non-usage of weapon, is a part of the system that happens because you fucked up and you don't have a weapon, but you start in weapon. And saying so, let's take again, let's take karate or kung fu or krav or any other system. All the system starts empty-handed, and as you go through the years and the ranks of the training, you get to what happens with weapons. Now, this is not the way martial training works. It's not. When you go to the military, the the first thing they do is they give you some sort of a rifle and teach you how to shoot. The last thing you learn is empty hand, because if you get to the point of empty hand, you're fucked. It's a lot safer, a lot easier, and a lot more effective to use weapon. There is no military on earth in history since the time the man picked up a rock and learned they can throw it, that they started with empty hand. They do that in, you know, self-defense, etc., for various reasons. Yes. FMA is very offensive art. Everything we do as self-defense is something they took as an offensive art and modified it to self-defense. Until not that many years ago, you didn't even get the training of how to deploy a weapon. I mean, you saw me do that in seminars, etc. But not that long ago, you would never learn how to draw your weapon. If you do um, the Japanese sword arts, they do a lot of drawing because they carried the weapon with them and you had to draw. The same way nowadays that if you're doing pistol work, you learn how to draw your weapon and all that stuff. Not too long ago, you didn't really do that in the FMA. Why? Because they drew their swords before the fight. You got into the fight sword in hand. The same way that if you're in the military and now you're going through a combat zone, you're not holstering your weapon. You have a mag in, you have a round in the chamber, and you're ready to fight. And that's the mentality of FMA. You're not waiting for someone to jump you. You're walking around weapon in hand because you're being the aggressor. Nowadays, yes, we added all those weapon deployments and all those. But yes, so first of all, what uh, differentiates FMA from all other arts, going back to your question and as Frost know, and you should know, I tend to go on rant, so sorry about that. <laughs> but we're, we're Middle Easterners. They know us. We go off. <laughs> pretty much. That's so, guys. first difference, weapons. Blunt weapons, like the stick. Sharp weapons, like the sword and knife. And then improvised weapon, etc. So, that's FMA. Let's look at FCS. FCS, and the reason I do FCS, and as Frost said... FCS, yes, it's the most complicated art I have ever encountered because Ray made sure that Filipino combat systems, it covers everything. If you look at the FCS website, it says 50 subsystems. And I remember I was in dinner, we were in Italy with Ray, we were doing a seminar there, we were sitting for dinner, I was just like, hey Ray, 
how the hell did we get to 50 subsystems? It doesn't make sense. So we sat down and we started counting them together. We went over 60. Wow. And I was like, fuck, we got over 50. They're like, yeah, but you know, there's so much you can say. If you say 64, it sounds weird. No, we got over 50 subsystems. Ridiculously complicated. Why? Because you have the knives and the sticks and empty hand and groundwork and flexible weapons and improvised weapons and all that stuff. So really complex. Now there are common threads. We do things in FCS you're going to see a common threads between the weapons, between the arts. However, you have to deal with the weapon. A huge mistake, and I don't care if they scrutinize me for saying this out loud. When people say the stick and the swords are the same, the response is, fuck no. You train with a stick, you can sub it for a sword, but you can't treat it as a stick anymore you need to make believe it's a sword because the sword and the stick will make you move differently. You can do things with a sword, you can do this with a stick and vice versa. Yeah. So it's not the same, okay? A bladed weapon and a blunt yeah. weapons is not the same. If you have a long French rapier or a broadsword, a, a Chinese broadsword or a Roman short blade, etc., you can't treat them the same way and you have to figure out what's the differences okay so that's the huge difference and that's what separate when we do empty hand it comes with the idea that at any given point a weapon can can present itself and will present itself and you need to be able to deal with it and that's why we do differently i remember a couple years ago uh, we did a little bit of ground with the knife you asked me to do a few things of ground with the knife and guess what However good your ground game is, and you can kill me at a second empty-handed on the mat, I'm not a good grappler, you'll kill me. Out. Once there is a blade there, and I showed you, there were positions that without the blade, you look at it, it's just like, this is stupid, it's meaningless. Once I have a blade in, then you realize like, holy shit, I'm dead. Yeah, I, I'm, like I said, I'm very good when it comes to ground self-defense, I call it, and I'm, everybody, they call me a mean. <laughs> but uh, I was with Sam, and I got stabbed 50 times. Damn. Uh, back in the day, me and him would start training, and I, I mean, to our crowd, and everyone knows, but not our crowd knows, me and Sam, actually, we developed our own system, which we were going to take to the road, and it, we cover a lot of this. It's uh, a lot of things we want to get to the point. A lot of people don't understand. They're like, uh, my mentality is Sam as Sam. I do deal with threats that there's a weapon all the time i even tell my students you're one of them we can go in and boom i knock this guy out and suddenly a fucking gun comes out out of nowhere or a fucking blade where like i have a problem and i'm a jujitsu guy i'm one of these guys and this is why i can argue it a lot of uh, and we're gonna get about the craft maga bullshit by the way and uh, very soon and i am gonna go lit on it because now it's like my third cup of a uh, second cup maybe of uh this vodka that omar is pouring and it's dangerous to put vodka in my cup but anyway my issue it is the self-defense for the ground I agree but guess what once the blade comes out your fucking defense on the ground or juju whatever shit you got is gonna go to shit it does not take a knife expert to gut you I showed you my cut the Somali came out of nowhere I was in Filipino downtown we call it in Saudi Arabia the Somali came at me I was not a combative self-defense guy I was just a Muay Thai kid this dude pulled it out, cut my wrist, and I got a cut all over my uh, groin area, almost on top, that could have dropped my gut. It was that smooth. All I did is fucking kick him so hard, he dropped and the knife dropped. I ran. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm bleeding. It was just like that, that fast. And a lot of people underestimate that. And some of the things that me and Sam worked on and developed is constantly we're dealing of something is presented. There's a blade, there's a gun, there's a weapon. And everybody want to do this Fu Manchu disarm. It is like I, I will quote, and you were in the seminar when I did the joint seminar with Kelly McCann. Yeah. And I will quote the great Kelly McCann, one of the number one guy and the founder of the Kim Badi program, which I'm an instructor top of. He said his gun disarm story. He said he was out, a guy pulled a gun in his face, Kelly smacked it, the gun flew. They looked at each other and ran the opposite ways. 
This was his biggest story ever of disarming a fucking gun. So it shows you all this Fu Manchu bullshit and Tatar shit. You take the knife up here, take the fucking gun. Man, when shit hit the fan, <laughs> you never know how it goes. Yes, this is, does not mean I'm disconnecting that training is not. What we do for training, it helps you at least mentally. It's that mental part more than anything. Well, I mean, we, I mean, I beat the shit out of you guys daily. Uh, no matter what, adrenaline will kick. Till this day, I get confrontation. I have my adrenaline. I'm like, all right, it's ready to take the fuck off. You see my heels come up, my hands can join in the middle. My students know that sign. I was like, I, it is going to be a confrontation. My heartbeat is up. It's up. And you'll see, there will be sweat on my top of my head when I, you know. And I'm like, all right, it's coming. So we're not immune to that shit. But the thing about what we do in training is just prepping. Because without training, what people do, uh, Sam, hands out, oh my God, this is happening to me, and get a beating or get butchered by a knife. When they put their hands out for a knife. The, the reality is, a knife is the most common talk. Although, to be honest, I got to FMA because back then, before I got to FMA, before I started training with Jeff, I was like, yeah, I want to do all the weapons. I did the katana and I did the long mm -hmm. stuff and I did all the nunchucks and all that stuff. And then I realized, well, and to be honest, I have no clue. I had an aversion from the blade back then. Don't know why. But I realized like, okay, if I think of self-defense weapon, what am I going to see? And I realized it's going to be the short sticks, which the Filipino martial arts is famous for. Why the short stick? Because guess what? Pretty much every place you're going to be at, you have going to have something about the size of a short stick, which in FMA, it runs between, I guess, 22 inches to 20 inches, maybe 30 inches. So that's a broomstick. As soon as, if you ever use the broomstick to hit, what happens? It splits, mm -hmm. it breaks. What do you have? You have a short stick. Once you broke the broomstick in half, that half is not gonna break again. Mm -hmm. So you got a short stick. Mm -hmm. Never mind. Going back to the, to the blade, the thing is with the blade, and this comes especially from actually in Osando, and everyone says that, you know what, he credited to Danny Osando because everyone I ever heard saying this, is in a southern lineage. You have the, the equations, the math of a knife fight. And other way, and I'm not gonna go through the whole spiel, so if you're interested in, in the actual equation of the knife fight, go search it plenty of places on the web. And plenty of instructors under Inasana that can teach you that. The reality is, if there's a blade out, regardless of you holding it or the other guys holding it, you're gonna get cut. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, if there's a blade in there, you will get cut. And if it didn't, it's luck. Forget luck. You will get cut. The only question is, how bad? Is it something that's going to be a scar? Is it something you're going to forget about it in two days? Are you going to lose a tendon? Are you going to lose muscle? Are you going to be dead? No, the reason I said luck, there's people that get into a knife fight, they never got cut. I'm telling them it's luck. It was not technique. This just is why luck. I said luck. Yeah. Just luck. Yeah, so just to emphasize, I'm not saying... That, that's why I'm not even talking about that because yeah, like, yeah. if you're thinking you're going to be lucky, yeah, go, no, 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 no. go uh, play the I'm lottery. Maybe that, after 50 years you'll win. But I people that got into knife uh, confrontation and they came out unscathed. And I was like, that's fucking luck. I know. I don't even I don't even talk about that thing. Yeah. It's like it it the chances for yes. you to get out are so slim. I know it happens. I, I ignore it. If you're training with a blade, self-defense or as an offensive weapon, yes. you will get cut. That that's a yeah. given. I ignore the, the dumb chance luck. Okay? So the thing is where are you going to get cut? This is an info to the dumb fucks out there in Krav Maga that put their hands out and go us us trying to do uh, this. Song. So Sam, you mentioned Marcus uh, went earlier and uh, I'm interested to know more about him because yeah. he seems like an interesting character. Yeah, Frost mentioned him. He met him as well, trained with him as well. And yeah. I'm happy to say Marcus is a very dear and good friend of mine. So Marcus Wayne, he's got a crazy background which it's kind of hard to figure out what's myth, what's legend, and what's real. However, the man does have combat experience. He was deployed in Vietnam. He was an air marshal. All I'm saying is out in his official biography, etc., and his website, so I'm not saying anything that is not out there. Uh, Marcus uh, carried a pistol and went in harm's way for many years. He's not that young anymore. Well, 
luckily I'm, I'm still young but you know some of us Rather will get there sooner than later <laughs> what makes Marcus different than anything else is that nowadays more than anything else Marcus is the trainers of trainers he's the instructor of instructors and he teaches shit to the highest level And he does that through amazing experience and amazing learning and teaching he has done. He worked with NASA. He worked with, uh, I believe, the BMW race car team. He worked with various uh, operations. Look him up online. You can find a bunch of information about him. The reality is, and the reason I'm, I'm really happy to mention him, I would not be the level of knowledge and instructor that I am. And I, I, again, I consider myself to be a good instructor, but definitely learning from him. He's at the highest level. You're not gonna find many people, fuck, you're not gonna find a handful of people that can teach you what that man teaches you. Part of it, it goes from situational awareness, uh, accelerated learning, which fuck I, I have seen so many people talk about accelerated learning they don't know shit nope till they're on him I've seen I've seen this man at work and wow you see what he can do and the thing is again and I see this with him and I saw that with Ray and I say it with Nick and I say it with you as well for us Marcus it's not about being a genius but the way he works you don't need to know what he knows But he can teach you how the fuck to teach. And he can teach you any skill. The greatest thing I've learned from Marcus is how you can teach a skill that you don't know yourself. Now, I know this sounds like bullshit. How the fuck can you teach something you don't know yourself? But you can. All I need is a good model. If you can bring me something like I'm not a shooting instructor. But give me a good shooting instructor as a model and I can have someone learn that skill from it. And I've shown it. Like um, I was teaching at the IDF counterterrorism unit and I was there for just for like a, a workshop. And just to make a point, I asked the guy that brought me in, give me a gun skill that is extremely high level something to the point that most people in their military career are not even gonna learn because it's it's too much high and he gave me a skill it, right now it doesn't even matter what it was i was like you know what he's like i'm not even gonna show you he's this guy the best shooting instructor i ever seen but that's a different story he gave me another instructor i took him in And I asked him, give me someone, we, we took a pistol uh, skill, give me someone who never touched a pistol. It was one of the craft instructor, which is fine because when you're teaching craft, you're not supposed to learn to, to teach how to shoot. It's a different skill. I took someone who never touched a, pist touched a pistol and I showed him how in five fucking minutes and I told him, open your watch, time me. In five minutes, just mediating the situation, the guy learned how to do that skill. And when we finished, I asked the model, who was a shooting instructor, what do you think about his skill? He's like, that's fucking good. Now, what I did there was just learning directly from Marcus. So, if you want to learn any skill, soft skills, hard skills, situational awareness, anything, look this motherfucker he's in right now he's situated out of minnesota amazing guy good luck getting him to teach you good luck fixing up a seminar but if you can the most amazing instructors instructor i ever met in my life i will share one experience uh story about uh marcus when i first met him which actually the funny part is how i met sam when my coach uh, nikus called me to come when i was yeah, telling you guys in the marcus first episode it was a marcus win seminar and nick was on my ass like i never seen him in it i thought first of all because nick you know that's when he actually launched the warriors craft uh, affiliation was that day mm -hmm. he called me i was in england um i was actually i will I'll give a little bit back history uh, a little bit uh, i took off to england i was reconsidering of moving 
uh, back uh, to go bodyguarding there. And actually, that time I went and uh, hanged out with a good friend, lover to death, Amanda Kelly, amazing Muay Thai artist. Came back from my knee. Um, it's gonna sound dramatic because I'm drunk or whatever, but no, I, I just came back from a bad knee surgery, fuck up, lost my fucking wife, lost my job, asshole fired me back then. And I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna go to England. Uh, she hooked me up with this seminar, which I met all these guys. And I think Nick felt that I was out of this shit and I'm getting tired of this and I wanna teach. Come back, come back, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I met. He's like, trust me, just come. It is worth every penny. And he was on my ass, like emailing me. Back in the day, we didn't have iPhones, I think, back then. It was uh, just... So I came, and I met Marcus, and I'm not going to get in details how I met him because it's a funny story. I will save that one day, me and Sam, when we're sober, talk about that. But uh, met him, and, and I witnessed there was three known nationwide, the best of the best gun instructors. And he sat there, stood in front of us. And he said, all right, who never had a pistol number five? This South African, I mean, people, this kid flew from South Africa to attend this seminar. I call him a kid. He was tiny. I'm small, but <laughs> but he wasn't a kid. But anyway, this South African said, I never did because it's illegal down there. He said, all right. So he looked at the three. How long will it take you? And you're going to uh, teach him. Mm-hmm. To teach him how to deploy the weapon, correctly pull it out, and engage, disengage. And they all kind of looked, uh, that's not going to happen now. Mm-hmm. They said, I'm giving you guys 30 minutes. Between the three of you. They failed. They're the three top. Marcus went and said, I'll do it in five minutes. And everybody's like, <laughs> He looks at the guy and he said, I'll do it without saying a word. I looked and Sam was standing beside me. And I think Sam, you already knew Marcus back then, right? And Sam said, watch this. Because I was already becoming friends with Sam. And I walked in, I was a fighter background. I was a more, he even, and this is one thing about uh, uh, that son of a bitch, Marcus. He looked at me and used me as an example. And he talked about how you look at people. And he snatched me first. Like, come here. What do you guys see in this guy? He dissected me and knew my background without knowing. And I asked Nick, I thought it was a game, to be honest with you, Sam. I looked at Nick, did you tell him that I do Muay Thai and I did MMA and, uh, you know, grappling? He said, I swear to God, I didn't. He fucking knew it. He talked about my stance. He talked about the size of my neck and how I tucked my chin, how I stood, literally. He said, get in your this and do this. And he's just talking and made me, and he dissected it. I'm like, God damn, this guy's good. So anyway, he gets a gun and gives the guy a gun. Tie the rope. And the way he went back and forth with him, Omar, in five minutes, we counted on our clocks. The guy know how to deploy. Go and back. Five minutes. That's amazing. A man that never held a gun and hold it correctly. While moving. While moving, yes. Wow. It wasn't, no, moving, like back and forth. He was this, and he was like, and Marcus didn't say one word. He wow. just used his eyes, and he got intense. When you look at his uh, Marcus's eyes when he teach, he didn't say one word. And you're a gun teacher. Yeah. Now, can you do that in five minutes? Probably not. Here we go. Here's the thing, though. If you learn the basic skills, you can also do that in five minutes. That's why I'm saying, look, if you can find them, you can find him online. He, by the way, he's a novelist. Mm-hmm. He's got, I like. Yeah, he always links me stuff on WhatsApp about his uh, stuff. I like his books and he's got a blog, etc. Mm-hmm. But there's so much you can learn from what he writes. If you can find this guy, he's the shit. And again, he's the instructor's How instructor. How are going to get this guy booked again? Is that impossible? Uh, talk with him. Okay, I'll, I'll hook you up. Thank you to our sponsors. Warrior Culture Gear Custom Designed and Hand Printed Apparel. Made by and for the modern warrior. Warrior Fuel. Kansas City's best pre-made healthy meal delivery plan. Feed the warrior in 